This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. Alright, um, I think that is good, so hello, hello, hello everyone, and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As always, I'm your host, Tia, and this morning I am going to be candid with you guys and say that this was a bit odd, um, my wonderful co-host Brittany and I are testing out a new platform to record our podcast so hopefully everything is actually recording and it's good but Brittany wasn't it a bit weird not hearing the top 10 intro before this all I want I just want we have to do it top 10 top 10 top 10 um, keep five, wait wait how's it going again wait do it do it Tia <laughs> this is your host Tia this is your host Tia welcome back to another exciting episode of the top 10 live geek fives nation geek fives nation 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 I'm totally in the top 10 but yes nation nation yes Yes, thank you. I, I feel I feel like I'm at peace again. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very strange to me. But, I mean, hey, it is what it is, right? You know, in order to make progress, we have to move forward. Sacrifices must be made. <laughs> okay. Um, wait, um, <laughs> did you see on... Um, uh, Geek Fives Nation's Twitter page, what Kanan posted up in regards to Kim Jong's Kim Jong Un's death. No, I didn't. But is it is it verified now? Because I know there was like a lot of things that were like, yes, it happened. No, it happened. You know, back and it, it is verified. And Kanan, so like TMZ reported it, and TMZ is usually really good with reporting the deaths of like famous figures they're always the ones so he retweeted their post and put thanos like as uh destiny is fulfilled (laughs) oh my god i love it i love it and if anyone listening out there is offended by that i don't care he was a tyrant so uh, hashtag Sorry, not sorry, but um, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I was like waiting for it. And I was like, yep, yep, yep. And by the way, Brittany, this is really good that we're talking about Kim Jong Un because the top ten this morning is the top ten worst villains in comic book movies and TV shows. Um, and when I say worse, because Brittany actually asked me this this morning, she's like, do you mean that they're, like, bad, like, you know, like, very villainy? And it's like, no, 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 I'm not talking, like, you know, because if you were doing, like, that is what I would say is the top ten, like, best villains, right? Because they're so <laughs> bad, you know, and, and obviously Thanos would be, like, you know, say on the top of that. No, I'm talking about the worst villains, like, they're 
they weren't executed properly. They were their motives were really shit, and they were just so boring, right? Like those type of villains. They were presented as the villain, and you're like, oh, this is awful. This is like the worst villain. That's what I mean. You know, um, the only reason you did worst villains, the only reason you did that and not best villains, was because you didn't want me to throw Hannibal up on that list again. <laughs> I really think, though, Brittany, that we've done the top ten best villains in, like, movies and stuff. I have to look back, but I feel like we've done that already. Unless we just did superhero-like stuff, and then we can go back and do regular movies, which, yes, yours would absolutely be Hannibal. I have no doubt. <laughs> uh, I mean, are you are you calling me uh, predictable? Yeah, I guess say that kind of assumption would be justified. <laughs> justified. <laughs> I had that. What is it from? Where it's like, are you calling me a liar? Well, I ain't calling you a truther. Oh, Drake and Josh. There you go. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny that you just said that. I was thinking about that quote yesterday because at work. <laughs> Like, somebody says something like, are you calling me a liar? And I instantly thought, well, I ain't calling you a truther. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Oh, my God. And <laughs> um, mind link. What did you say? I said me and you have, like, a mind link. I would hope so. We've been friends for quite a number of years. So, you know, <laughs> that's just what happens. <laughs> Um, so before we head into the top 10 list, do you have anything exciting that's happened recently that would, you would, uh, like to share? Because you did tell me something really exciting before we even started the podcast. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I was, uh, one follower away from 900 followers, and it's been really wild because I think I'm... I, I can't remember if I'm at the end of my six months or it, I'm officially at my seven months of streaming, but you know it's been it's been something else. It's been exciting. I've had so much fun with it. I got a lot of new streaming stuff coming in that I'm just like I'm like a chronic like shipping uh, checker, which is especially with everything going on is even rougher because you're like okay I understand that things are slow, but Mama needs her stuff now. Mama- <laughs> So now, but um, that was really exciting. I'm I'm loving it. Um, I got embarrassed the other day because there's a bigger streamer that does like channel reviews to like show how to improve. And he's like, okay, we've checked this out. Let me go to your top clips of all time. And it was that freaking furry hentai explained one. And I'm instantly like, no, 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 no. And he sits there. He sits there and he just stands up and starts clapping. He goes, this is the best clip I've ever seen while reviewing. He said, like, hats off to you. That that was amazing. And I was, like, sweating. <laughs> that when I get nervous, I start, like, pouring sweat. I would be bad at poker. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't ever bring Brittany to a poker game. Um, no, but hey, that is awesome, though. That is definitely awesome. I would say that probably the most exciting thing that's happened to me in the past few days is that I got a new phone. 
Um, and on top, that? what would you say? You didn't tell me you got a new phone. I feel betrayed. <laughs> I got a new phone because I. So for anyone out there, I have Boost Mobile. Okay, it's cheaper. I'm paying forty five dollars a month while you all are paying fucking a hundred and fifty dollars a month. So I don't feel bad. You can make fun how you want, but. I had the LG Stylo 3, and I've had it for, like, a year, you know, all that, and freaking, you know, it was getting really slow, it didn't have a lot of things on it, so I got the LG Stylo 5, and I love it, it's so nice, very updated, looks great, it, like, handles really well, but to me, what's the most exciting thing about it is I was able to download Quibi, and on my other phone, um, Quibi was not uh, compatible. Like, I literally looked up, like, and I went to go download. And it's like, sorry, this isn't compatible to, um, you know, your phone. And I was like, God damn it. Um, so this say, phone. That, that's, that's an old phone. Yeah, exactly. So this phone, I was able to download Quibi. And I swear to God, we're not sponsored by this. I'm just really excited to tell everyone that it is a short form um, streaming service that right now is just for your phone. They are making uh, an option that you can update and you can cast it to your TV. But right now it's just for your phone. And it has all these shows. And the shows are seriously, like, at max each episode, eight minutes, like, long. They're very short, but very good. I have watched Most Dangerous Game, which is amazing. And it made me realize, like, hey, we should pay attention to Liam Hemsworth. I know we all, like, fawn over Chris Hemsworth because he's Thor. But Liam Hemsworth is, you know, he's not bad. He's not bad. Um, but Most Dangerous Game, definitely awesome. The Stranger was scary as hell, and I'm just watching Survive now. So, Brittany, even for you, which I know you spend a lot of time on your phone, and you are really busy, so you don't have a whole lot of time to sit down and watch, say, a 13-episode season where every episode is an hour long. Seriously, these episodes are eight minutes at most. So, a 15-episode show like Most Dangerous Game is, like, what, an hour, and that's it? practically so i'm just saying it and they're doing a 90 day free trial right now so you should definitely check it out oh man and you know like i need my waltz i need my waltz i'm, I'm gonna have to go on there just for him like just to see him <laughs> in action well yes yeah, so christoph waltz is also in most dangerous game and he is fantastic him and liam hemsworth work so well off of each other um, yeah, Brittany, I'm going to hold you to it because there really is no reason for you not to download this app. You could literally just lay in bed and watch on your phone and watch like just an hour's worth of like a full season story arc. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I know I'm like getting off track there just because I just watched it yesterday. And I was really happy about it. But we are doing the top 10 worst villains in comic book movies and TV shows. Before we go any further, I have a message from a friend of the podcast, which is our friends over at The Main Damie. And they'd like to highlight their D&D podcast called Stranger Damies. So... Stranger Damies is the ongoing real play D&D podcast from the main Damie family of podcasts. Make sure to join them every Wednesday as the wild stallions traverse the many traps and tribulations that Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition 
has to throw in their path. There's elves, weird half-dragon people, conspiracies to uncover, and more references to the 1980s than Ready Player One. Subscribe to the podcast on all podcast services by searching Stranger Damies, and make sure to follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies. And of course, Stranger Damies is also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can always find us at geekvibesnation.com. So, Brittany, we are ready. Start us off. What is your number 10 for our top 10 worst uh, villains in comic book movies and TV shows? You know, uh, you ever have, like, where you're like, man, I really love all my picks, but I don't know really where to begin, right? Well, we always say that this list isn't, you know, in any particular order. Okay, really quick. I Mm -hmm. have trouble pronouncing his name, but from... uh, from Doctor Strange. What was it? Kalicious? Oh, yes. Mads Mikkelsen's character, correct? Yes, yes. And and my reason for that is, is that he felt like such a stepping stone. Like, when I look back at that movie, I felt like he was literally only there to give a conflict. Like, he wasn't fleshed out. You know, normally, like, when we have a villain, right, mm-hmm. we kind of have some kind of fleshed out history to them, or um, or we we have a way, like, the best villains are the ones that we feel like we can relate to, whether it's Loki and feeling, like, you know, left out, abandoned, you know, or playing second fiddle to a sibling, you can relate to him, or mm-hmm. you can relate to, say, uh, Oh, yellow jacket, you know, feeling like he's constantly in the shadow of another person, right? But right. with him, it was like you saw him for literally five seconds, right? You see, you, I don't even remember like a big fight scene with him. You more of have like a, a situation with his goons more than anything else. And, you know, they refer to him, like all I know about him is that he was smart, right? Mm-hmm. He was smart. He wanted to, uh, he felt like nothing should be off limits of what you can learn, and he brought back a, like, interdimensional, like, space demon thing, (laughs) (laughs) whatever he was, but he was very forgettable. Not particularly that he was bad, or Mad Mickelson was bad at portraying him, it was that he literally had no no flesh to him. He was like a skeleton of a villain. There was like, hey, we're there, we're fighting. Oh, he raised up this monster. But more of like when I think back and look, I go, man, okay, we had Doctor Strange. We had his, you know, he got his hands, you know, destroyed. He, you know, he's learning. You hear like a slight mention. But you see, you don't truly see, see like full on interaction with him until the end. And then he's defeated. And then you're done. You know who, um, what villain Mads Mikkelsen was good at portraying? Hannibal? Hannibal. I got it on the list for you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's, that's everything I needed in life. I still need to finish the TV show. I remember when I started it. And you were like, 
okay, I finished all of, like, season one and almost season two, and I was like, oh, man, I'm still on episode three, and you were like, what? I what? know. I was like, I watched this specifically for you, Brittany, and you <laughs> haven't even kept up with it. <laughs> but I, I completely agree. Um, so the thing is, like, I say this all the time, when I first saw Doctor Strange, the movie, I didn't, I was very underwhelmed. It could have just been how I was feeling that night or the theater experience, but didn't like it, you know? Um, I liked, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Stephen Strange, but the movie itself, but after watching Infinity War and seeing how huge of a role Doctor Strange had, I went back and then watched Doctor Strange, and it was freaking, like, so good. Then I really liked it, but I liked it for the purpose of I liked, you know, Stephen Strange's character and all of that. Um, you're right. His villain wasn't really anything. It, it's crazy that it was such a huge actor, considering how mundane the role was like as you he was okay do you remember kung fu panda yes i love kung fu panda so wasn't the whole thing that the villain was formerly a student and then kind of went rogue and all of that and i think that was essentially the same thing where his character was a former student who went rogue like he was a great student could have been the best but he you know, his uh, dark ways got a hold of him. And, but I will say, is Dr. Strange just a highbrow version of Kung Fu Panda? (laughs) It might be. It might be. (laughs) You have the newcomer in. (laughs) So happy. So, um, you had Mads Mikkelsen. He was just okay. And I will say, though, my favorite thing, though, was his death because... I, like, it never makes sense to me when you have these villains who want to resurrect this huge being that will bring death upon everyone, and they're like, oh, sweet death, and it's like, and they worship it so much, but then they start dying, and I'm like, yeah, that's what death is, like, you dumbass, you know, Um, and he just gets, like, freaking sucked into the atmosphere by Dormammu, which, you know, that interaction between Stephen Strange and Dormammu is still, like, one of my favorite scenes. It's so hilarious. But... Come to... What does he say? Bargain or bar... What does he say again? (laughs) Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Um, But I think that, you know, what Doctor Strange 1 really was was just setting up for the other villain. Remember his friend who then at the end is like, my whole world is shattered. I'm going to go be a bad guy now. (laughs) Uh, Right. Which I thought that was so dramatic, by the way. Like, so dramatic. So dramatic. So dramatic, and I don't even know, like, how they're going to continue on with that in the second one, because based on, like, the shit that I've heard about the second one, it doesn't even seem like that guy would even fit in properly with it, but who knows. But, Brittany, I agree. Um, I don't even really know how to say his name. Kalish, Kalish, whatever. Um... (laughs) But I also think that he is a really bad villain in the sense that you really just weren't, you didn't care about him, which is crazy because, again, it's freaking Mads Mikkelsen and 
he's a fantastic actor, so you would think that he would have been better, you know? I agree. Um, You agree, okay. (laughs) So I am going to take number 10, and I'm going to go with a actual TV show. And I don't know, Brittany, if you finished the first season of Luke Cage, but it is going to be diamond-backed from the first season of Luke Cage. Okay, diamond-back, not cottonmouth, right? Not cottonmouth. So, okay, so that goes into why I dislike Diamondback. So you have the first season of Luke Cage, which in my opinion wasn't as good as the second season. I really loved the second season of Luke Cage, but... In the first season, you obviously have the first half is Cottonmouth, played by Mahershal Ali. And he was fantastic. He was a great villain, very much like, you know, Loki, you know, misunderstood, went down a a bad path, you know, really great. That was captivating to me. That was the thing that probably kept me in Luke Cage season one because of how good Cottonmouth was. And then halfway through the frickin' season, they kill him off. I didn't expect that because the trailers make it seem like he's the main villain. And so you have, so he's gone, and then you have a Diamondback coming in. And he was essentially an arms dealer who was kind of, you know, in the shadows for the first half. Like, you heard about him. I believe that's where Cottonmouth was getting his supplies of guns. And you knew that he was probably very villainy because Shades kept saying to Cottonmouth, you know, Diamondback's not going to like that. You know, if you can't get your shit together here, you know, he's going to have to come in and blah, blah, blah. So he comes in and he you find out, and I feel like it's thrown in so, like, shittily that he is either a stepbrother or half-brother of Luke Cage. He, it was just bad, you know? It was so, it was so, it was so boring to me. The character was not entertaining at all. It was awkward, and sometimes I felt like his villain was so awkward that, like, the people around him kind of got awkward then because they didn't know it. It was just not done properly. I didn't care at all about Diamondback. I didn't see him as a, you know, really truly dangerous villain or anything like that. And if you go back and look at their final battle between Diamondback and Luke Cage, Diamondback has this suit that is made by Hammer Technologies, and we all know that Hammer Tech is not good, (laughs) like, uh, you know. So he has this suit that is supposed to help him go hand-to-hand with someone like Luke Cage, who is, you know, a a freaking superhuman. Um, And (laughs) the freaking suit looks like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but you know, like, you know the people who go to defuse bombs and they're given that big, um, like, plushy suit to, like, prevent, you know, hopefully that they don't get blown up. I know that. that I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm just, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what his suit looked like. It was terrible. Oh, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, that. That's bad. He looks like RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> a little, right? A little bit like RoboCop. Um, yeah, so I know that I probably didn't do the best job of explaining Diamondback, but that's 
really just because I had no interest in this character at all. And I think I also was just super pissed that they killed Cottonmouth half through, halfway throughout the season when that made zero freaking sense and then brought in Diamondback. He was just so bad. I hated Diamondback. Oh, I hated Diamondback. Um, I just, like, that's why... I can't really watch the uh, second half of Luke Cage. Like, I'll only watch up until Cottonmouth gets killed. Well, you know, it's kind of like what I'm starting to realize is a bad villain isn't particularly like, oh, the bad acting or, oh, this. It's their forgettable storylines because, for, like, villains are supposed to be the, like, almost the punchline, right? They are, like, they're the punch. They're the they're the, the climax of the story. Uh whether or not, you know, even say someone like Hannibal, it was like they're like either sneaking under the surface, you know, and you know the badness is coming. Or you know that they're about to do something really messed up, like kill off one of the family members of the main character or the love of their life or they kidnap someone. But what's bad is when they have a really forgettable villain because I feel like, at that point, are they truly a villain? Or are they just, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they were basically a waste of, like, a storyline at that point. Yeah, and that's what I think is that it was a complete waste. Um, just the, I don't really know who the actor is, so I'm not going to sit here and say anything negative about that. But you have someone like Mahershala Ali, who's just such a powerhouse actor, and you kill him off with... So to me, it's like, not only was that a bad story plot, but then you don't leave it open to being able to bring him back, you know? Um, so I just, that's why, like, season one, I know season one broke... Netflix, but to me, season one, that's why I feel like it was just subpar because of the decisions that they made throughout the way, and that's why season two will always feel superior to me. Um, But yeah, so Diamondback, Luke Cage, season one, just a bad villain. No like, no like. Um. (laughs) Tell me how you really feel. That's how I really feel. Um, But, Brittany, what is your number eight? Let me think really quick. Oh, by the way, I was laughing. You said, let me take the number ten slot. And I was like, but but I just did number ten. What? (laughs) Yes, yes, it's okay. It just made me laugh. I'm at number nine. Uh, you know what, again, this, like, new recording platform is throwing me off. We didn't get to do our, you know, freaking uh, intro music or anything, which, 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 when I say that, obviously it's going to be edited or that goes in. Um, so people listening are going to be like, what are you talking about? I just heard the top ten intro. It's like, but we didn't hear the top ten intro, and we normally do. Right, right. Well, like... I, I don't know. Like I, I, I actually like this because you actually sound more clear, and you sound like I'm talking say, right next to you. You sound like you sound normally when we talk on the phone or when we're in person with each other. Like uh, to me, I'm like, oh, that's right. That's what Brittany sounds like. Um, and I like that. To me, there, there's no lag, right? Because I'll, I'll find when we're talking, there's a lag there. Yeah. That's what I realized. That's why, like, normally, if I if you're going to say something, right, 
and I and I want to hop in and like touch on that or make a joke or something, it will like lag, and then it's already into what something else you're saying, and then you're like, what the hell is she talking about? What is like? But on this, like, now I can catch you as you're saying something. And I'm excited, too, because Stephen, you know, it's like I have that mic and stuff, and I have my stream set up. I can actually connect to Skype through that, and you could probably even hear me ten times better then. So it's it's more exciting to be doing it this way. Oh, I'm, I'm glad. Hopefully uh, our excitement will all be for good, and it actually has recorded, and it's in a little file, and I can freaking send it to Kevin. Uh, not Kevin. Wow. Wow. Kanan. I don't know why I said Kevin. I'm, like, losing it here. But uh, <laughs> Kanan, <laughs> and I'll be able to give it to him, and he'll do his magic. But anyway, um, Brittany, number eight. Love you a lot. Let's see. I always do that when I'm like, um, let's see, I'm going to go with, okay, I'm going to go with the, the OG Venom, yeah, uh, from, which Spider-Man was it? Was it Spider-Man 2 or 3? It was uh, Spider-Man 3 with, um. oh God, what was his name, the actor? He was from that 70s show. I, I gotta see now. But like, okay. You keep going. I'll look it up. What was his name again? What was his name? With the actual character or yeah. the actor? Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't hear you. You're now. You're going in and out a little. You hear me now? Yeah. Are you talking about the character you want to know? Yes, the character. Because I knew him as Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock. Okay. In that movie. So, Eddie Brock is always more in the comics portrayed as, like, like a Tom Hardy type, right? He's right. Not, like, not a true villain. He's an anti, he's an anti-hero more than actual oh, villain. I'm sorry. The actor who played the Venom you're talking about is Topher Grace. I'm sorry, go ahead. Topher Grace, was that the name of the actor? The actor. Okay. Well, so... In in normal Venom, which I haven't seen the newer Venom, you know, he's like, he's either a bigger guy or he has, you know, that kind of yin and yang with Venom and, you know, what he's up to. But in that movie, he was just a dick. Like, he was such a whiny little, like, nothing. And as, like, you're going through with his character, at first, I didn't even know he was Venom, by the way, as a kid. I did not know what he was, because I knew that, like, he had that black goo on him, and I knew, oh, look, he's like a different Spider-Man, but I thought you should think <laughs> it's basically like the anti-Spider-Man at that point. I, I'm just trying to, like, put my finger on what I didn't particularly like about him, and I think also, too, that movie was so bad in its own right that yeah. anything that's, uh, like, connected to that storyline... I was like, mm, I don't know about that. But it did give birth to uh, to Peter Parker doing that really goofy, like, uh, intro, like, where he's, like, kind of, like, dancing and walking and pointing at these ladies and thinking he's so hot. And he's, you like, emo Spider-Man? Yeah. <laughs> emo Spider-Man? Emo man! Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> but with him, 
I don't know. I guess it was just because he was so whiny. And, like, I get the whole point was, like, his villain. Oh, why are you a villain? Well, he made me lose my job. And you're like, okay, I would be salty, too, but you want to murder people and let this monster inside of you so you can be like Spider-Man and, oh, this or that. And I'm like. I don't know. I guess it's <laughs> worse. I just, I, it, you know, it wasn't a great movie, I guess, that in its own right. Maybe if it had been, say, like in Spider-Man 1 or 2, it would have been a little bit better. But I think especially with the, uh, but uh, we also have to think of what CGI probably was back. Like, when was Spider-Man 3 even made? Because we think back and think of how CGI and social effects have, like, upgraded throughout it. But I, I, I will never, he has, like, that spiky blonde hair that's so reminiscent of, like, the early 2000, like, back oh, boys type shit. And I was like, mm, <laughs> But what do you think about him? Am I being too harsh on him? No, absolutely not. First, let me start by saying that Venom that came out in 2018 is available on Hulu and I do suggest watching it it was actually really good I'm sorry I can't like I know that it first of all it made a shit ton of money but a lot of people are like oh it was iffy blah blah blah. I remember liking it in the movie theater and then I rewatched it about a month ago and I'm like I still like it like I really can't sit here and say that I didn't like it you know um I thought it was good. I thought it was a good Origins, and Tom Hardy was a good Eddie Brock, you know? Um, Venom, first of all, he's, like, big and bulky, you know? It makes him, like, look... And that's another thing, you know? Venom from Spider-Man 3 was essentially, as you said, like, the anti... um, Spider-Man. It freaking was just the Spider-Man suit with the black, right? But Venom in... The Venom movie is this big, gooey, you know, big, big, brolic-ass monster, like Thanos size almost, you know? Like, Maybe not so much, but, huh? That says he's a nasty-ass. Well, and then he's also, like, just such, like, an ass. Like, he'll say things, and he'd be like, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to, like, say it or anything, but, um, oh, God, what was I going to say? Like, he, he's, he's a... Uh, he calls, like, Eddie Brock a loser. He's like, you're a loser, like me. <laughs> and, you know, he'll say, like, <laughs> things like that. Like, you know, because it's, he, the the symbiote Venom is its own entity, and then Eddie Brock is its own entity, so they, like, talk to each other, right? Um, so I, I like that aspect, especially when the two get on the same page, because at first they're not on the same page. Um, but going back to the Spider-Man, the Venom in Spider-Man 3, first of all, I knew that Spider-Man 3 was shit when I was in the movie theater and frickin' Peter Parker looked in the mirror and literally put his hair in front of his face like an emo kid. And I was like, oh, God. So bad. When that movie came out, weren't you probably still in your goth phase? Not a phase, Mom. But... (laughs) No, no, no. Gotham punk is different than emo. Let's get that straight. No, no, I'm straight. saying that you would have already hated it. That oh, you would already oh, hate it for that oh, reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was 100%. I was like, I can't believe they just put this in Spider-Man 3. I think Juwan had told me, though, at some point that, like, Sam Raimi, who did the original Spider-Man trilogy, um, 
had a lot of conflict with the studio at this point, and he kind of just made this movie as, like, an F.U. to the studio. I don't know how true that is, but I can see it. But, yeah, I mean, Topher Grace's Venom, it wasn't really a Venom. It was essentially you just got the Spider-Man suit and made it black. Um, He wasn't intimidating to me. Um, You know, Venom needs to be this big, imposing force. That's what you see in the comics. That's what you saw in 2018's Venom. He's big, and he's intimidating. And, you know, they made it just so much worse and I think in and if I remember correctly in the third one um it wasn't really like an alien entity it was just a goo that then made him like more evil but in like the 2018 it was that that was an alien entity so there was that like you know uh, dualness to it you had Eddie Brock's personality but then you also had Venom's personality um, and I just, I, I, and especially now after seeing the 2018 Venom and I'm comparing it, that I just don't think that the Venom from Spider-Man 3 was successful at all. That whole movie, yeah, I, though, was shit. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying, like, I agree with, the, like, you know, with the newer Venom, it is, like, two sides of a coin, right? Like, it's two different entities. But I think they explained in Spider-Man 3, which is basically like, oh, it makes you have negative thoughts and, yeah. oh, it influences your personality. But even in the comics and stuff, Venom is very much like his own being. Like, he's, he's a, uh, oh, he's basically a parasite, you know, and they they attach on. They're not just like, oh, you know, like, I guess I'm just trying to find a way to explain it basically like an extraterrestrial at that point, you know, and I, it was, it's kind of, I don't know, Spider-Man 3 was just so boring and bad. It was so bad, but, um, that's what they, I don't want to give too much away, because you really should watch Venom 2018, I really liked it, but that's essentially what it is, they're, um, beings from another planet, and they get to they get on earth so he's already an alien and the whole thing that they explain is that they can't live on earth without attaching to someone because our atmosphere is different obviously than their atmosphere so that explains why they need to attach themselves to someone and that's why he ends up attaching himself to eddie brock and ends up being like and that's another thing that they explain is that not all, like, attachments are going to work. Like, they show how it either ends up killing the symbiote, because there's plenty of other symbiotes in it, um, or it ends up killing the person. So Eddie and Venom just happen to be a good match, and Eddie is just like, what the fuck is going on? Um, what the hell? And the greatest thing, by the way, uh, because I'm looking at gifts because I'm trying to find one to, like, send you, but it's, like, a lot of fan art on Tumblr, which I'm not knocking you guys, but, um, <laughs> freaking Venom hates being called a parasite, so anytime someone's like, Eddie, you have a parasite, he's like, what? <laughs> he was like, I'm gonna fuck people up, and at the end, Eddie, like, tells his bodega, like, person, he's like, oh, I have a parasite, and as they're leaving, uh, Venom's like, parasite, and Eddie's just like, chill out, man. <laughs> chill out. Oh, 
I was so funny when I called him a parasite because he had to get a host, and it's like he would have hated that. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. It was entertaining. Um, if you don't have a Hulu uh, account, I'll, I'll lend it to you. I'll, I'll help you out. <laughs> Way, uh, you're gonna show me how to set up my own billing information and purchase it with my own money, correct? I'll give you my login. I was trying to be facetious. Oh, you bitch. (laughs) Not being very very nice. I'm trying to help you out here. No, no, I'm just joking. Because, you know, like when they're like, this totally legal download that will totally, totally give you this program for free. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, nudge, nudge, you're going to totally help me out there. Oh, yeah, sorry. Hashtag not sorry. Right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> that, absolutely. Absolutely. Juwan is here in spirit, obviously. All right. But, um, all right, I'm sorry about that. Let's, uh, let's move on. I do love that pick. I do love that pick. Um, I am going to do... Alright, so let's get this over with, this one here. It is going to be Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor in Batman vs. Yes. Superman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, did I hate this version of Lex Luthor. Let me tell you that the other day when my Wi-Fi wasn't working, like about a week or so ago, I was on regular cable TV. I know, ooh, cable TV. Um, oh, and, and Batman versus Superman was playing. And I was like, you know, I've only seen that movie once. Let, let me rewatch it and see if I can somehow see what other people are saying, how they enjoy this movie. Nope, still bad. And Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor is so cringy to me. I mean, listen, you don't have to get Corey Stoll as Lex Luthor. I'm just suggesting it to you, Hollywood. But besides that, any oh, of us... so good. He'd be so good. He'd be so good. But it's like us who have grown up on, like, animated series and even other portrayals of Lex Luthor, he is a powerful... Um, businessman who is smart and cunning, a little reserved. Jesse Eisner played his Lex Luthor as if he was... He was playing his Lex Luthor the same way that Isa Miller, Isra Miller, I don't know how to say his name, plays his Barry Allen. Just this very sporadic... point. That's such a good point. Right? That's such a good point. Um, very sporadic, very all over the place. And I don't know how much of that is Jesse Eisenberg and how much of that is Zack Snyder. Because it's like, did he literally direct the two to act the same exact way? But I just, you know, and I think that some people like to point out, oh, well, you know, just like how Jared Leto's Joker is a different version of Joker, right? But And they're saying, oh, well, this is how Lex Luthor would be in this, like, information technology um, era. And I'm like, first of all, no. There's Joker, even though his attire may have been different, he was the Joker. 
that's how the Joker is. Um, Freaking Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor was not Lex Luthor. He was all over the place. And it's not just him, you know, oh, it's because he wasn't bald. Fine. If you're saying that it's an origin story before he got bald, that's fine. All right. It's still weird that he had hair. The bald head is him. That's his look. You know what he was? What? He was like, when your parents say a uh, Halloween costume's too expensive, and they say, oh, it's okay, I'll make you one. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you know when people are like, or you know those memes where it's like, mom, I want Lex Luthor. We have Lex Luthor at home, opens up the cabinet <laughs> to see him. <laughs> it was so bad. I just, I, when he started talking, I was like, this is not Lex Luthor. I'm like, this is not Lex Luthor, how he would act at all. I, for, And then his motives are really weird. Like, if you go back and watch Batman vs. Superman, there's very much a correlation between that movie and, say, religion, because he's always talking about the gods. Um, and I think that was, like, his plight, maybe, against Superman, was that he, you know, was so powerful, and people were, like, worshipping him and stuff, but even his motivation wasn't good. You, in your head, you're like, why do I care, and his acting, and he would go all over the place, and I just, oh, God, I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and say I can't put my finger on because I know exactly what bothered me about Lex Luthor in that movie, but it's just so, how many times can I say, like, that's just not Lex Luthor at all? To me, when I imagine Lex Luthor, it's, you know, either from the animated series or even, like, okay, I never really watched Smallville, right? But But I know that everyone loved Michael Rosenbaum's portrayal of Lex Luthor and granted Smallville is like them in high school so that really is say before they all become who we know them as but even in that from what I've heard is you know a more accurate portrayal of Lex Luthor like his personality and the rise and how he would get to the point of being who we know today it was like an understandable and a plausible rise whereas um, Jesse Eisenberg's, like, I can't, because Juwan will say, like, well, you have to imagine, like, that's, you know, him before, uh, the real Lex Luthor that we know, because at the end of Justice League, you see him, you know, bald, and he's in a suit, and blah, 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 and I'm like, but I can't imagine his personality changing so drastically from one movie to the next, you know, like, he would still keep some of that. And my thing is, like, I know it's, like, a weird nitpick, too, is his body type. Like, yeah. I like for me, Lex Luthor was always a big and foreboding person, you mm-hmm. know, with... And my thing, too, is, like you said, the, I always think of the show. I always think of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. That was my childhood. That was your childhood. He yeah. was always a big, foreboding dude. Like, he was big, but not, like, he was broad-shouldered. You know, he yeah. was intimidating, and I, you know, he had a great backstory. And you can go, oh, well, for me to have some like Weasley looking mofo to play him, I was like, okay, we could have any, you know, super smart, sort of dweeby, weak looking dude. You know what I mean? Like, I know that sounds 
it, it, but it, it goes into that stereotype. Oh, the smart guy, right? The smart guy who's kind of, you know, lift and kind of weaker looking. And I just don't think, him, like, I feel bad because I know he gets typecasted, the actor, but, like, he just was not a good fit for that kind of role. Like, that shouldn't have been him trying to get out of those funnier, you know, boy-gets-the-girl type movies. And I guess that whole movie was bad in itself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, most of these movies are awful. But, um, oh, there was another point to it that I was going to make. But basically, yeah, Corey Stoll would be ten times better. Oh, and you know who I actually got to see for it, too? But I think he's getting kind of too old for it. I can't remember his name, but from Sneaky Pete, uh, my favorite villain, um, oh. Malcolm in the Middle. Yes, yes. Um, oh, my God, Brian Cranston. He would be good. Yes, because yes, especially when you think back to Breaking Bad with, like, the rock and the bald head, he can work it. He can work it. No, absolutely. I think if they wanted to do, say, maybe even an older version of Lex Luthor, he would be perfect in it. I have no, like, you know, like, I'm just fan casting here. Corey Stoll, I think, would be a good Lex Luthor. But if they came out, like, tomorrow and said that in a new movie, Brian Cranston is going to be Lex, I'm like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) I don't know, this would be uh, biting off Breaking Bad a lot. But, you know, in Justice League, when he has kryptonite poisoning from having worked with it, like, he basically has cancer from it. Right. But from the kryptonite and working so closely with it all those years, you could even have that version of him. Yeah, exactly. No, it would be really great. Like, that. see, that's the thing. It's, I think they try to go too outside the box, but that is something that I was saying. This is going to be super controversial, but I really don't care. I don't think Zack Snyder gets these comic book characters the way that some people think that he gets them. If he oh, truly... Yeah. If he truly understood these characters, he would not have made his Lex Luthor like that. He would not have made his Barry Allen like that. So I definitely, Lex Luthor from Batman versus Superman definitely gets the vote for me. So, yeah. <laughs> and I don't care who hears it. <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Um. So, Brittany, it is your turn. What is your number six? I think I'm going to go with Whiplash from Iron Man uh, 2, I believe. Okay, I'm so glad that you um, explained that because, all right, uh, like, I guess uh, behind the scenes, behind the curtains uh, info here, when you sent me your list, I was like, who is Whiplash? I forgot. And it's like, I didn't even know that that's what that character was named. So, yes, absolutely. I'm going with Whiplash because he felt so shoehorned into it. Like, okay, I like the thought of Hammer, right? Mm-hmm. A technological genius who, you know, he, I don't even know if he was a genius. Sorry, let me rewrap. He was an arm dealer, right? Right. And, you know, him being jealous of Tony and, you know, having that rivalry where I, I wouldn't even consider him like a villain villain. He was full of jealousy. You know, it's a different world with that kind of like high. He was like the, the anti-Tony. 
you know, while Tony was trying to get away from the arms dealing, he was wanting to jump in. And we, you know, he had his technol his technology company, and him trying to rise up. I like that. I like that. I, 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 and, you know, you get to see him have some sort of. Uh, didn't he almost feel bad for it because he never meant for Whiplash to be that bad? He didn't want him to kill Tony. He just wanted to like show him up or something. There was like something with that. But you bring in Whiplash, who is a like a genius. Who is Joe? Like, it just felt like you had the same person twice in a movie. Like, the brain and the brawn. And it wasn't it that Whiplash, uh, Mickey Rourke's character, was basically like, yeah, he's a genius too. And he just wanted to show that his technology was, like, Hammer wanted to show that the technology was better than Tony's. But, oh, he had this big, like, thing against him because of, I don't know. I don't even know his story. I don't even so- remember his plot. So the thing is, is that, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Whiplash's father was previously a, I think a, um, whatchamacallit, a worker for Tony Stark's family, or either, yeah, it was something that he, oh, okay, so he freaking worked for Tony Stark's father, and the technology that the father came up with was used, I think, by Howard Stark, and then the father was, um, like, fired, pretty much. So it was kind of like, you know, you're using tech of ours, but then you kind of throw us off to the side, you know, something around yeah. that. So he always felt scorned that, you know, while they're living in poverty in, say, Russia, um, the Starks have this big lavish life because they're so, you know, rich. Um, and I do agree. Like, I go back and watch Iron Man 2, and I didn't mind it, right? I, I had fun. Um, Justin Hammer, you know, especially because I like Sam Rockwell, I really loved his performance. He was just having so much fun there. But I like the idea of, because, you know, Tony Stark leaves the arms business, and you would have to imagine there's other arms dealers out there. So, if anything, doesn't, um, doesn't Justin Hammer kind of say, he's like, I love that. Like, well, he's like, why would I be angry at you? He was like, you got out of the business. That means, you know, I'm the business. But I think it was that Tony just kept insulting him by saying that his tech was shit. And I think that was his thing. I think that was his thing. He really wanted to show up um, Tony. But he didn't plan on all the destruction. He just brought in that guy. In He just brought Whiplash in because he wanted his help in making a better suit to kind of be his answer to Iron Man. Because we see and at the beginning of Iron Man... What did you say? They wanted to show him up, too, right? Like, they wanted to show, oh, look, my technology's better because I beat you in a fair fight. Well, yeah, well, and they want, because they had, like, uh, the expo where they show your technology, and since Tony wasn't doing uh, weapons anymore, it's like, oh, this is Justin Hammer's, you know, time to shine. And they even show at some point in the beginning of the second Iron Man that all these different countries are trying to replicate the Iron Man suit, and so is Justin Hammer. So he brought in Whiplash for that purpose, but Whiplash was using that as his own means of getting revenge because it wasn't Justin Hammer who, you know, had all of those suits 
uh, program to start shooting people and blow up. That was Whiplash, but sorry. I know that I was going on a tangent there about Justin Hammer. I just really like Justin Hammer. He was just an idiot, all right? He just wanted... He just wanted Tony's love. He was so he was always like Anthony, and Tony's like, "Oh God, someone get me out of here." <laughs> well, you know that's what gets me. It's like Nikki Rourke's character was so forgettable, forgettable, and I think that goes back. It's like it's not even what they do. It's just that they're forgettable. Like well, yeah. I, like yeah, his backstory is good. Like, that's a good backstory, right? That That's yeah. a good, like, hey, scorn, you know, the family. Because you know what they say, like, sins of the father, you know, all that stuff. But he felt so shoehorned in. And with, like, and Mickey Rourke had been through a lot. I don't know if he was quite ready for a comeback, like, trying to do that movie. And maybe that was part of it, too. I don't know if it was just the actor or the writing. But, you know, but then again... Iron Man has faced a problem of bad villains. Like, that's a big thing for them. Like, Loki was a great villain, but Tony, uh, really even, all all the other movies didn't have great villains, except, I I will say Thor is, like, is the master of good villains, though, uh, because of, uh, what was it, the, oh, what's his name, the Grandmaster? The Grandmaster and Hella. Uh, yes, yes. Oh, side note, quick side note. This is a random note. Um, I didn't realize how strange, strange, uh, strange of. Oh, what's his name? Is it Jeff Goldblum? Is that his name? Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I watched uh the race for the double helix, which was basically like a documentary-type movie movie on the race for finding out if uh, it if it's the double helix for our DNA, what the actual structure looks like. And Jeff Goldblum is in that. And he is so weird. Like, not creepy, but, like, he's so, like, I forgot what kind of actor Jeff Goldblum is. Like, he is... Uh, but not he's exactly. off the wall. <laughs> he's off the wall. He's super off the wall. This was one of like his first movies, and I was just, I don't know. That That's my side vote. But yeah, screw Whiplash. She wasn't a great villain. Well, so the thing is, is that someone points out, because if you remember, um, Iron Man 2... Was during was still during the um, the first phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and the first phase of the MCU definitely had these villains in their movie that were supposed to be a, another version, essentially, of the main character. So you have Tony Stark, who ha- is intelligent and he gets his own hands dirty. He knows how to put together a suit um, that has the arc reactor in the center. Whiplash pretty much is a genius who knows how to put together a suit and he has his own version of like an exoskeleton with his own version of like say an arc reactor in the middle and that's the thing is that it was just too like iron man one and two had villains that were just too much alike to tony you know because the first one also had a guy who was in a suit um and that was kind of like what the first phase did like i love Corey Stoll's yellow jacket, but he definitely was supposed to be another version of Ant-Man, right? So that was just kind of... 
that's just kind of what it was. But yeah, like Whiplash is so unforgettable. His whole thing, like Iron Man, I like Iron Man too, but I like it because Justin Hammer. I love that it's um, Don Cheadle's introduction to the MCU. I liked that it's Tony dealing with the freaking arc reactor, essentially killing him um, and all of that. So I like that there were there was good aspects of Iron Man too, but Whiplash wasn't one of them. <laughs> you know what you reminded me of for a second when you're like, oh yeah, a guy that's trying to be another guy, and I was thinking about how uh, you know you basically essentially with Hammer and the other guy you have two people trying to be the other person, not exactly him trying to be, but like you know the technology. And it made me think, and it was ironic, because uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays this character, too. Have you ever seen Tropic Thunder? I knew that the, I've never seen it, but I knew that that's what you were talking about. And it's like, I'm just a guy playing another guy playing another guy. <laughs> Some dude playing another dude that's playing another dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought of. It's instantly what I thought of. Well, that's exactly what it was. So, but I think this is a great pick because Whiplash definitely was a incredibly unforgettable um, villain. Speaking about unforgettable villains, so the funny thing is, I was kind of laughing to myself when you were like, "Thor's had a great track record for his villains," and it's like, yes and no, because obviously Loki was amazing and Hela. And Grandmaster were good villains um, then in Thor 3. But Thor 2, the Dark World, had probably one of the worst villains in the MCU. And I and I think his name was like Malachith or something. I'm just going to say the elf dude. All right, that's what elf I literally dude. have in my notes. Okay. The elf dude. And if it gives you any sort of indication of how bad that this is, is that the actor, who I don't remember his name, I'm not going to look it up just yet, but he played the Doctor um, on one of the seasons of, you know, Doctor Who. But he disliked that character a lot. Like, if you, if he's, if you go and look at interviews, he says that he did not enjoy playing that character. He did not enjoy that character at all being in that movie. And it's like, okay, if he couldn't stand it, then we definitely couldn't stand it. Yeah, we don't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So it's like... Okay, so you have, like, these weird dark elves, and they're supposed to be, like, these villains that, again, are going to bring on the end times because they, like, worship the ether and blah, blah, blah. And I don't even, like, really remember their storyline or what their motivation were, but it's they definitely disliked Odin because I believe they had some sort of fight with Odin at some point in the past, but it was just really like a poor reasoning. They were boring as hell. There was nothing exciting about them. I I just, I, I hated uh, their characters. And I don't know if you like, you watched Thor, the dark world, right? Yeah. One second. Oh, 
Sorry, Toby decided he wanted to play, right? And he sunk his claw so deep into my hand, I couldn't unhook his claw from my hand. So I was like, ooh, give me a second. Give me a second. <laughs> Toby, we learned some claw control, Rosie. Um, But, no, I was going to say, isn't that where Thor's mom died, too? Like, that was so randomly thrown in. Like, yes. that was... Thor mo- Thor's mom dies in the second, um, you know, Thor movie. And it's because of, I think he's killed by Malachite. Oh, like, yeah, 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 I think so. I think so. And, uh, like, that whole movie is forgettable and bad. But I don't even remember this villain hardly. I, can, I think I only saw that movie, like, once. And it's funny. I felt like that was just a, a lot of money spent to just give a scene an end game of them going back in the past. <laughs> like, the only, like, I'm like... The only good thing about Thor Dark World was freaking Loki. Um, that, that was it. I literally, if I go back and try... Like, to me, Thor the Dark World is so unwatchable. I can only go and skip around to the Loki scenes. They're the only decent ones to me in that whole entire film. Um, as you said, the villain is incredibly unforgettable. Um, the plot, to me, that movie made me really, really dislike Jane, which is why I'm a little like hesitant to freaking which McCall's. It makes me a little hesitant for Thor: Love and Thunder you know, the fourth Thor that's coming out because Taika Watiti announced at um, San Diego Comic-Con that Jane is coming back. But no. hopefully with but hopefully with Taika it'll be better because to be fair, I didn't think that Thor was an interesting character at all in the entire, like, first half of the MCU. But then when Thor Ragnarok came and Taika, like you know, was really able to help direct him in a better light and all that, then suddenly, you know, Thor becomes one of my favorite characters. So I'm hoping that Taika just does the same thing to Natalie Portman. And Natalie Portman had walked away from the MCU. She wasn't, like, fired or anything. She said, like, she didn't want to be in it anymore. So you have to know that, like, the script is really good, that she feels like she wants to come back. So hopefully this is something that she'll be excited for and put her best foot forward. Either the script was good or the money was good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't think that Natalie Portman is pining for money. She is one of, like, Hollywood's top-tier, like, actresses. So, But you're right. No, no, no. You could be completely right there. I mean, it's Marvel money. I'll be an extra in a Marvel film. Just give me something of that, you know? Show me off in a movie, please, and I, I will be there. I will be there. I will show up, but, yeah, um, just Malachite was so bad. I think that definitely he is one of the worst villains. Like, I think that this is one of the worst movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, okay. I have to say one fun fact, Brittany, before I push it over to you. You ready for it? Oh, no. <laughs> so remember in um uh, remember in Thor the Dark World how Loki dies at some point? Yes. Like he dies uh where he has that very emotional speech and Thor cries. Yes. Yeah. 
and it's reenacted in Thor Ragnarok, but um, that apparently was supposed to be Loki's actual end. They had a plan to kill off Loki. That's why it was so emotional and it was so grandiose is because that was supposed to be the last time we see Loki. But they, with these movies, they always do like a test audience before they push it out to the theaters. And they did a test audience and that was so ill-received that that's why they threw in that scene at the end with Loki sitting on the throne uh, posing as Odin. You know, that, what's good about that is so, yeah, they, they took it back, right? And they were like, okay, maybe that, that wasn't a good idea, right? Yeah. But it also led to such a good character moment for Loki where, because you could go, oh, he had his good point, right? He, you know, he died a hero. But then you see him basically, <laughs> like, sitting like a smug mofo on the ground. <laughs> like, like, I know that wasn't originally the plan, but it worked out so well for his character. For it the worked- kind of, like, mischievous bastard he can be. It worked out so well, because that's who Loki is. Like, Loki, it, to me, I was like, oh... What did he do to Odin? Like, to me, I saw that and I was just like, this is Loki. He is a trickster. He always has something up his sleeve. And, of course, he. and someone even pointed out, like, good old Tumblr definitely put, points shit out. But they said that if you look back on any times that you see Odin sitting, he's very, you know, he sits up straight. His legs are kind of like, you know like straight and narrow, like knees up and all that, you know, he's, he's a leader, he's the king, but Loki always sits, you know, lazily, his legs are all sprawled out, he's leaning to one side, and that's exactly how Odin was sitting in that end credit scene when then it's finally revealed that it's Loki. So it's like you you could see right then and there, if you go back, that that clearly wasn't Odin. Yeah, I I love it. See, it's like it was such a bad movie, but at least like good things can come from it. Oh yeah, I mean, listen, you can see the good in any movie, really, if you look, except Batman versus Superman or Justice League. But um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. shots fired, girl, shots fired. You left me hanging for a second. You weren't laughing with me, and I was like, oh, I just made a cheesy joke, didn't I? <laughs> no, no, no. For some reason, like, it, like, cut in, like, at a weird point, and I was like, it took me a second to register what you said, and then I was like, oh, snap, girl. They're going to burn down your apartment. The, the, yeah. Those your fans, I mean. Oh, there was the- a point I was going to make. Mm. Oh, about... Oh, it was about Thor. Oh, it was a good point. I can't remember it now, Tia. Ah! <laughs> you poor bitch. I know. Sorry, I had to stretch. I was like, sorry. Um, If you remember it, come back to it, but it's also your turn. <laughs> so, you know, like when you're trying to remember, but it's your turn to speak and you're like, Oh no, I'm distracted now. I'm distracted by my own thoughts. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Mandarin, but not the Mandarin. We're gonna go with uh, Trevor Slattery. Was that his name? Yes, from the third Iron Man. Yes, but go ahead. I'm gonna 
not just because, like, okay, uh, you know, like, oh, he's the worst villain. No, I'm doing it because he's the worst villain. Like, he's the worst at being a villain. Because you have this whole setup, right? Of, like, oh, the Mandarin, you know? Oh, you know, the the famous terrorist. And, and I was reading about him. The reason they really used his face a lot is they wanted him influenced by the culture, but they didn't want to do uh, a racist stereotype. Because if you look back to what the Mandarin looks like, he is very uh, not good for stereotypes. And so they were like, oh, well, we'll have this guy in, right? Which, uh, they, you know, have him be influenced by the culture. Have him influenced with, like, say, the hair and the style and, like, the the decor of his place but then you go through and you're like okay mandarin the famous terrorist you know oh you know he's a villain and then you see him and he's just a freaking idiot yeah like he is so goofy that he's an actor hired to play this part just to stir things up he's sleeping with all the ladies in that little uh that that what would you call it a palace was it a palace but like the whole thing, and he's like a super British accent, like talking about how he's getting paid, and oh yeah, just do a few parts, and he's just silly. But it also burst, like I will say, as awful of a villain as he is, um, it burst the one shot. With uh, Scoot McNary, yeah, as, uh, buddy. Uh, what was his name? What What is it again? Jackson Norris. Oh yes, Jackson Norris, who is amazing in his own right. Like I really hope that they keep him in. But yeah, it was like I. It was such like it threw me off. It definitely was one of those twists, though. That I was like, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready. Like, is he going to fight? Does he have mystical powers? Is he just rich? And then he comes in with that stupid freaking face. Like, like, oh, yeah, you know, they just, uh, they uh, paid me to do this, you know. Uh, you know, but how can I say no? Look at the ladies. Look at the things I have. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Like, dude, you know, they're, like, doing terrorist shit and, like, having you record these videos, but because you're getting laid, you're fine with it, but what? So, uh, yeah, Trevor Flattery, pretty, uh, pretty interesting dude. Bad villain, though. Yeah, so, it's like, um, okay, I just wanted to look up something really quick before I spoke and, like, totally, like, you know, made an ass out of myself. But, um, freaking, yeah, so I want to say really quick that the one shot called All Hail the King kind of made me appreciate what they were doing a little bit more in Iron Man 3. The fact that it was just a, like, face and that wasn't the real Mandarin, that pretty much in Iron Man 3, the real villain who was played by Guy Pierce, which I can't remember his villain's name, but that he was using the Mandarin as a way to stir up terror um, so that he could essentially draw out Iron Man, but the thing is is that, you know, it's like, that would have been cool, right, to have that as like, okay, this guy never was the villain, he was just using it and kind of ignorantly using the Mandarin without 
any sort of previous knowledge, which then would anger the real Mandarin. But it's been years, and they haven't followed up on that. And it's like finally in about two years when we get the uh, the Shang-Chi movie, we'll see the real Mandarin. But who knows if they're even going to touch upon that. So to me, it was like kind of a useless plot point because it never was followed up upon. And... And if you've never seen the one-shot All Hail the King, then you kind of have a right to be angry there because, you know, the Mandarin, which I understand what you mean, uh, Brittany, kind of, you know, the stereotypes because there is a villain that I think they said they won't use because he's, you know, this like typical Asian villain that's been like shown in a shit ton of things, like the typical, you know... I can't remember what they call it, like uh, Feng Shi something or something like that. You know, like this typical villain that's so a stereotype. So they said they'll I, never, like, use... Go ahead, sorry. Sorry, I think when I looked it up, they call it the Fu Manchu. Uh, that, yes, yes, yes. They said, and that's a character. Like, that's a look that they've used throughout the years, but that's also a character, and they're like, we'll never use that character because... If you look back on any, like, live adaptation of uh, that character, it's always played by a white dude. So it's always, like, the stereotype, you know? And the thing is, is, like, I can see, though, where the anger comes from with the Mandarin because it's, like, you have a character who's supposed to be, like, a huge villain in the comic books. Um, and he's reduced to this, like, silly actor um, who's played essentially by a white dude. Granted, Ben Kingsley is, I believe, also half Indian, um, but, you know, not a Chinese person, you know, not played by someone who it's meant to, you know, be played by. But if you watch, you know, the one-shot All Hail the King, it makes more sense, and it's kind of then you appreciate that plot point a little better. But, again, it wasn't followed up on. That one shot came out in 2014. It still hasn't been followed up on. So that's frustrating. And, yeah, I mean, it was just a terrible villain because it wasn't a villain. And it could have been a cool villain because if you go back and rewatch Iron Man 3, it's like they had cool shit going on because they had, like, um, you know, this, like, terrorist who's causing all these deaths and stuff. And it was kind of really dark for a Marvel movie and then it just became silly and it's like oh you had yeah, to go that, in that direction that was the thing. it was silly because I remember watching it I was like oh my god this is intense you know because yeah. you know all the other movies that almost been kind of I wouldn't say child friendly because you do have like with uh, the terrorists in the first one yeah, uh, and dealing with all of that but, you know, they were more, like, consumable for, you know, the average viewer, right? And mm. so then when you get to this about the death and destruction, and then it's just silly. It felt like a kid's movie at that point. And I was going to say also, one last thing on the stereotyping. Did you ever watch Boomerang? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay, it was right under Cartoon Network and all those old shows. They had well, a yeah. new stereotype everywhere everywhere like i was like and as a kid you don't think much about it but definitely as an adult you can see definitely why they would have want to avoid that for you know now oh they have all those bad stereotypes in those old cartoons i mean speedy gonzalez 
the mouse, um, you know, all of that. And there's a thing that um, they haven't, because they they never edited the Looney Tunes. They just have a disclaimer um, in front of it saying, you know, it was a different time. And we recognize that all that is, you know, unacceptable now. And just keep that in mind as you're watching it. But, yeah, no, absolutely. So that, it's like, I guess they were trying in Iron Man 3 to get away from the stereotype, but then you just kind of, you were tone deaf in getting someone who's not Chinese to play this character. Um, And also Iron Man 3 was directed by a different person than the first two. Um, Iron Man 1 and 2 were directed by Jon Favreau. Um, Iron Man 3, John, I loved Jon Favreau, but he couldn't come back for the third one, I believe. He was you know, busy, I think he was doing that movie Chef or something, so he just had enough time to come and act in it, but, so Sean Black, who's done, I believe, the Predator movies, or something like that, he came and did it, so I think that's why it had a bit of a darker tone to it, but it's still, it just, yeah, no, no, it, they, they could have went in a much better direction than they did, so Trevor Slattery as the Mandarin, terrible villain uh, terrible and I, I was gonna say one two last points for it yeah absolutely one, i was gonna say well one for that when you try so, like i know what they were trying to do with trevor but the mandarin is such a good villain and i think with uh what's the movie coming up now is that with a lot of the marvel movies you do kind of get away where they don't have much of a uh Asian representation, so at least they'll especially get that with the new... What's it called? It's called uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yes. Like, I think that's going to be amazing, because you end up taking that away. But, and I was also going to say other side note, because it got brought up. So Speedy Gonzalez, right? They took him away at first mm-hmm. because because of the stereotype and stuff. But the 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 Hispanic uh, population was so outraged because they loved him so much. That they, <laughs> him they were so upset, and they brought him back. They said, "No, bring him back. We love him." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah, I mean, all right, all right. You know that that's then us uh, just. Um, Putting our guilt, I guess, on uh, imposing our guilt in, on things, but um, like you would be insulted. But apparently, they said that they loved him. They thought he was hilarious. Hey, that reminds me of really quick. You know, when that movie came out, Freaks, back in the day, like in the 30s. You know, where all these people, you know, who were deformed and stuff, and circus performers were in it, and people were so outraged, saying, you know, how dare you? You know, that's such a poor representation you're mocking them you know don't do things like this blah blah and that community came out and said we have no other way to work other than putting us in circuses and putting us in these movies like there is no other work for us out there so please stop uh, imposing that you know righteousness on us hey, I'm gonna say, I used to read things about that all the time but I was so interested in like because it's like, yeah, you know, there was, it was a big thing, there was a lot of abuse going on, but not always to the case, so it's like, what else could these people do at in that time period? Because we know right. now, like, 
a lot of people are more accepting, even, like, I know this is odd, but, like, even Walmart is super about, like, hiring people with, like, say, disabilities or where they couldn't work in a normal setting, about employing them and finding some job for them to do, which, so I'll say, like, hats off to Walmart for that, because they do make a point of trying to do that, but it's, like, you have to think back then, when that wasn't, like, acceptable at all for them, and people were a lot more gung-ho to be like, oh, stop and stare and be disgusted type thing, mm-hmm. it, what would they do? You know, you don't have, uh, you didn't have the same kind of welfare back then. You didn't have the same kind of, like, disability payments back then. You didn't have the same, it's like, this was their income, so it's hard when people get insulted for you, and but you're going, hey, Dude, this is my bread and butter. Please don't take my bread and butter away. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Like, and it's interesting, like, looking back and thinking about those type of events. So I always just thought that was a kind of, like, neat fun fact with the movie Freaks. But, um, yeah, so two points before we move on. Yes, so I'm excited for the Shang-Chi movie. Unfortunately, it's had to stop production, which everything had to because of the COVID-19 outbreak. But it is going to be interesting to finally see this character and this demographic represented, you know, because... It should, Shang-Chi should be essentially, you know, uh, that version of, say, Black Panther, right? You know, where Asian people can see themselves on screen and see a superhero movie that is solely about them. You know, instead of them just being a side character or being, like, say, Mantis and being, you know, kind of infantized, I think is the, like, word. So... Like, on that point, really quick, not to interrupt, but it's like, you do kind of look back, and, okay, I love Marvel, right? Yeah. I love Marvel, but we can always criticize, because that's how we get better, but you just think, almost every single one of them is a white dude, right? And if you do have an, like, and you are still getting, like, say, black main characters now, right? Which is great. You know, you have Black Panther, and you have uh, War Machine, you know, you have Oh, or, uh, like Falcon. Why do they call him Hawk? Falcon. <laughs> I, always that. I always get my birds mixed up. But you have Falcon, and I love Falcon, right? And you're starting to get the representation there. But when you do think back to, like, for the Asian demographic, you have Mantis and what's his name from Doctor Strange. He's great. Wong. Wong. You know, though they they're great. But they are they are pushed aside as the side character or the comic relief, but not really like a firm like they are a hero in their own right. Even if we like them, obviously we love them, but you know you don't have that main representation. And I think that's been a big point throughout the years. Uh, and I am glad that now, like I remember growing up, you know, it very like it was very much like raised and saw everywhere about making sure not to racially stereotype African-Americans or Hispanic people, but but then people would happily make fun of Asian people, and but people know, nobody blinked an eye at that. So it is nice that finally we're getting kind of caught up with them where they can get the right representation, and that was why uh, Crazy Rich Asian, uh, that movie was such a big deal. Because a lot of people said, you know, we had never got to have our full movie. Like, to have that kind of representation, I thought that was really good. 
Oh, that's why I also love that Parasite won an Oscar. Not, you know, it was a fantastic movie and should have won regardless. Like, that's the thing. I don't think that's a pity win at all. That movie's amazing, you know? But it's, I also love that because it was like, yeah, like, you know, it's always, you know, a freaking movie about, like, a white lead or, you know, whatever. Like, even, okay, even last year, really quick, one last um thing, Green Book won, right? And the two characters were Mahershala Ali and Viggo Morganson, right? And the movie is about Mahershala Ali's character. He's the main character, but yet he was nominated for a supporting character, and Viggo Morganson was nominated for the for the lead character. And it's like, what sense did that make? But he was the main character. Exactly. People are like, the movie was about him. Like, it was about him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think it's a good point when people make the argument, like, oh, there's not, like, uh, I'm trying to find the word for it, like a biasness for that, right? Because a yeah. lot of people have made that point, but when you sit back and you go, hey, this dude is the main character in his own movie and he got nominated for a supporting role, but somebody else got the main character. Like, there, there's something there's something not quite right with that. That don't make a lot of sense. It doesn't. But at least Mahershala Ali did win um, the award. But uh, And, by the way, circling everything back around, yes, I love Scoot McNary in All Hail the King. Um, <laughs> love him. But for <laughs> a uh, obsession with you. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> I called it. Um, but let's move on. Um, I'm going to take number three. And my last two picks are actually from TV shows. And the third one is going to be Jessica Jones' mother in the second season. Um, I don't know if you ever watched the second season of Jessica Jones, but in it, her mother is essentially kind of like the main villain. She is also kind of super powered from an accident. Like, okay, so in the first season of Jessica Jones, it's like you're led to believe that um, Jessica is the only survivor of the car crash. Well, then you find out in the second season, her mother was a survivor, but kept in a facility, experimented on, yada, yada. And she's like this really like loose cannon, right? She is just so angry um, and she kills all these people. I mean, you find out at some point through flashbacks that. She killed a boyfriend of Jessica Jones, but, you know, Jessica Jones didn't know at the time because she didn't know that her mother was even alive. Um, Like, all this crazy crap, um, essentially, with the whole thing. And I just remember being so bored by season two that it was a struggle for me to even continue with it. I didn't think that the... And I also hated that they brought her back in that capacity. I don't know if that's something that they ever did in the comic or they just decided to do it in the show. But I hate when it's like, you know, you have this character and a loved one has died and they, you know, obviously are, you know, have always thought fondly back of that character. And now it's like, oh, no, but they were alive this whole time and now they're bad. And now all those great memories that you had with your mother are kind of thrown to the wayside because now she's an evil villain that you have to kind of take down. And I hate that. I hate that. Um, And so I didn't like that aspect at all in the show. 
I didn't like the tension that it put on Jessica and Trish because at the end, spoiler alert, Trish kills Jessica Jones' mother because she's unstoppable and she's ridiculous. And it's like she kept killing people and she was essentially like an unstoppable force. And Jessica was all pissed and Trish is like, you were never going to do it. Like, I had to do that, you know? And it's just, I hated it. Um, The actress, I just didn't think did a good job in that role. There was nothing compelling about it. I absolutely hate that villain. So, yeah. Jessica Jones' mom from season two of Jessica Jones. You know, I, I was going to say that point about, oh, they have all these good memories, and then they bring them back, and they tarnish it, right? And then they die again. Like, I hate that. Like, And I know, like, especially Disney has done the dead mother trope a long time, but I actually enjoy the dead parent trope because it is such good character development for, like, you know, fondly on it, right? But yeah. As say an example is freaking supernatural. The whole thing was Dean and mm-hmm. Stan loved their mother, right? And and they had such hard feelings against their dad, right? But yeah. it, but then as you go on, like with with uh, oh John Winchester, sorry, you know you realize okay he had to do a lot, right? And he was stressed out. He wasn't originally the hunter, you know, and it was all about, you know, avenging their mother's death. And you realize, okay, he kind of has a redemption, right? Mm. But they brought back their mother and tarnished everything. She was a bitch. Like, I remember that. Yeah. Like, Dean and Sam, like, I loved, especially Dean being the older brother and being able to remember their mother and the Hey Jude song, and, you know, it was so touching, right? And, mm-hmm. like, the love of, like, what he said, certainly had. But then uh, in Supernatural, they brought her back, and she was a bitch. You know, it really tarnished the feelings they had for their mother, where they couldn't even have those good memories, and then I think she dies again. Like, I just, I don't know, I just didn't like it. And you go, man, okay, she wasn't this great ethereal angel like we thought which i think is realistic but to bring them in just to do that i feel like it's just shooting you in the heart for no reason so having not seen uh jessica jones really at all but hearing what you said about season two i find that completely understandable like why i I get it like oh storytelling you know she's back but i don't know i you could have brought in someone else why you gotta bring in like a dead character you know why why the mother it it just seems pointless it feels like when people run out of ideas and they're like it's kind of like whenever i was younger and i started writing right and on quizilla back in the day (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like and I was grinding traction because people were like, "Oh, I really like these fan fictions, right?" But I would end it with a cliffhanger every single time because I thought that was interesting. And I remember one word of advice: somebody said, "Hey, I really love your stories, but you know you're going to lose people if you do a cliffhanger at everything because a cliffhanger, just for the sake of cliffhanger, isn't." you know, it gets boring, or it gets disinteresting, or it gets irritating, and I always remembered that, and was like, you know, that's a really good point, but so, but when you think about, oh, they just did it for interesting sake, it's not interesting, it's sort of like, oh, for the gasp and awe, but not really for the true story writing. Yeah, and 
you know, I do think that it was kind of hard for Jessica Jones's, uh, you know, the show to kind of live up to having a villain like Kilgrave in the first season. But I, I just disliked the mother completely. I just, as you said, you described it perfectly, even as someone who hasn't seen the show. Um, as you described it with Supernatural, that's exactly what it is. That is exactly why I disliked Jessica Jones's mom in season two. I don't know. It just seems, it gets pointless. Like, I get it. But you basically just made an evil version, older version of Jessica Jones. Like, that's it. Like, you were like, I don't know. It's kind of like, uh, Oh man, I th- I almost said it, but I think it's your number one. What the show? Okay, the show that you're gonna do for number one is it? Does it start with an F? No, an F? Yeah. No, no, it doesn't. Like, no, 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 no. Okay, so it's not Flash. No, I was I was gonna maybe put um, Savitar from season three, but I was like, I don't even want to waste my breath. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know, in Flash, you had, uh, this can go in the honorable mentions, where you're like, oh, who's the villain? Oh, it's Flash himself. I you know. know? Older so Flash. Bad. You know, different AU uh, Flash. You know, but to me, that's kind of like Jessica Jones, like, hearing about the mother. It's like, you just have an older, evil Jessica Jones. Like, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's just, I don't know. It's lazy. It is lazy. It's 100% lazy. By the way, really quick, I was looking... So I had something that I was going to put as my number one, but I feel like I'm going to change it, and it's going to be a little controversial. But uh, let's move on to number two. Brittany, what is your number two? And you better not take us away like you did last week with the the Green Mile. I'm still mad that that wasn't the number one. I'm like, I feel like shit. (laughs) Mine was completely not even, like... (laughs) didn't even compare <laughs> you know, this is so uh the last you know the last podcast we did top 10 saddest movies and my number two which was my number one was the green mile and tia was like oh i need to see this movie and i know she did too because she she liked the plot but she also there's an actor she like said it and so she watched it and she's texting me like fuck you you know this <laughs> I'm telling you, the green mile makes me ugly cry. I told Aaron about it. Uh, I was like, oh, Tia watched green mile for the first time. He goes, what the fuck did you do to her? Why would you do that? Why would you do that to her? Which, by the Um, way, Logan Logan was number one, and I do think that's a pretty sad movie. But, yeah, no. Uh, the actor that she's talking about is Sam Rockwell. And, yeah, I went and watched the green mile. I was like, I have nothing to watch today. Let me check this out. Yeah, I ugly cried at the end when he's like uh, the, I don't want to feel the world so ugly or something everyone's just so oh, ugly yeah. to each other I'm so tired I'm like no, no. I'm tired boss and they're all crying and they're all crying when he's being put to death and I'm just like no I can't I can't Oh, I know you can save the warden's wife. Oh my god. I would just alright, we need to stop. I wanna fucking ugly cry right now. <laughs> it's one of those movies that when you 
lay in bed at night and go, man, today was a really good day. And then you remember the green. <laughs> then you remember that they freaking put him to death. And it's like, you bitch. Oh my God, I'm crying, but like laughing tears. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Ultron for um, my number two and number one, like for me, number one. But uh, it's because, okay. When I first saw it, I loved the movie, right? Because I I love Transformers. I love a robotic villain. And I was like, this is so good. But then I watched it like three or four times in a row, and I realized that was a really bad decision. Because he and I was going there like every day after work, like, like, oh, I just want to go see a movie. Because Tia taught me the joys of seeing a movie by yourself. And I really enjoy watching movies by myself now, <laughs> especially with an empty theater where I can put my feet up. But yeah. um, <laughs> because we don't got those fancy theaters with you and your fancy reclining seats. Uh, but I, uh, I go with that because, one, Ultron is such a huge villain in the Marvel Cinematic, like, not Cinematic, in general, the Marvel comic universe. Ultron's supposed to be like Thanos, right? He's supposed to be like the end-all, be-all. And for me, he started, I guess they could have added him later. They made it almost too cartoony, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, Ultron, I get it. Like, I get him being able to, basically making this AI that has got to see the world and realize that, hey, you know, humans can't learn, you know, I've got to do this. But I feel like that's almost like a cop-out in its own because I truly think that if an AI was able to see the world, but they're also able to see the good and the bad. Oh, random sad, like, side note really quick. I remembered what I was going to say a second ago. What I was going to say was, like, oh, you led back to the Loki point, right? Like, oh, that was such a good point with him dying. And at least, you know, we had to, it helped his character for having that in part with him be Odin. I was going to say, in the words of Bob Ross, we don't have mistakes. We have happy to create Ultron because he said that the world needed a def- as you said a defense system and he even does like bring it back up in Endgame to Steve Rogers where he was like you know I told you we needed this you know but you said you know w- if we fail we'll fail together well we failed buddy he was like we failed and we weren't even together like he says that to Steve that and he refers back to Ultron where he was like that's what I wanted I wanted this um but Ultron ultimately ended up having a mind of his own um and you know wanted to then destroy humanity <laughs> 
At least it did burst to vision. Uh, like, at least it was that. Uh, but I, I don't know. It just, I found him, like, I liked him. That's the thing. He was a bad villain, but I liked him. And it yeah. did give us uh, Scarlet Witch. It gave us, uh, oh, what's his name? Quicksilver. Oh, Quicksilver. I want to say Silver Bullet. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess that would bullet. be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um I think Age of Ultron was like it's certainly not my favorite movie, right? There's a lot that I don't like about that movie. Um but there is uh there are things that I do like. As you said, it gave birth to vision. Uh there's some great uh Steve Rogers and Natasha moments there. You have Quicksilver and everything. So you had like decent moments and Age of Ultron definitely set up for a lot of shit. Um but freaking what was I gonna say? Yeah, Ultron had the potential to be a great villain. Um whatchamacallit it by the way, I looked up in the comics, did you know that his creator in the comics is Hank Pym, I guess because they hadn't introduced Ant-Man at that point. What'd you say? I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah, so he created Hank Pym, and in the comics he almost has a it says a familial uh, familial relationship with Hank. Yeah, yeah. um, Which we kind of saw them try to do that in Age of Ultron, like you know, him calling Tony father or something, and, you know, Tony like, oh, son, you break my heart, or something like that, you know? (laughs) But ultimately, it was just, like, it wasn't conceived very well. I kind of didn't like Ultron's um, design. It was a little strange for me. I wanted it to almost be a little bit more mechanical. And then he tried to be a little funny sometimes. Um, Uh, And I thought that that was awkward. Pinocchio. Yeah, he's talking about Pinocchio. He's talking to Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, and he can't think of what children are called. He's like little humans, and they're like children. He's like, yes, <laughs> children. Um, and then he's like talking about church. And what'd you say? It's disconcerting. Yeah, 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 it was very weird. It was very weird. I was like, I don't want you near me. I'm afraid of you touching me. Not even, like, up in a fight. I just want you to even touch me. Um, There was something creepy about him. Uh, Not in a good way. But I know. Whoa. I know. But I, I, I thought that they could have done so much more with this villain. He was a very forgettable villain. And when you look at the Avengers, like the movies, the Avengers, it's like you had a great first one. Infinity War and Endgame were fantastic. But Age of Ultron, to me, was just a forgettable villain. I didn't see any sort of, you know, I don't know, just Ultron, his whole thing, he... he he gets turned on, and he automatically kills freaking Jarvis, which it's like, you bitch. Um, he o- right away kills fucking Jarvis, and it's like, he learns everything and ultimately decides right then and there that everything that he's seen is horrible. I do want to say I did kind of like him pointing out shit to the Avengers, like when they're all sitting there kind of like having this joyous moment, and he's like, you're all murderers. He's like, you all kill people. Um, And I did like that. I did too. 
Because you have to, you know, it's funny. DC's all gritty and like, oh, but we don't murder anyone. And Marvel's like, oh, yeah, we're a little happier, but we murder the shit out of people. Someone pointed out it was being funny because they were like, oh, Marvel's the kid version. And they did this compilation of like freaking Steve Rogers throwing someone into the propellers of a freaking jet. Um, (laughs) All the times they shot some, like all these different things. And it's like, yeah, lighthearted. I'm still killing people. Um, That's like a scene from Brooklyn. Brooklyn Nine Nine. He's like, cool, cool, cool. Still murder, but cool. <laughs> it makes me think of a compilation of all the murder, but played to uh, what's it called, Mr. Blue Sky? Like, <laughs> just, just, oh my gosh, somebody needs to make that, please. Oh my god. So yeah, but Ultron, I definitely think of like deserves to be on this list because. He could have had potential, he could have been a good villain, but I just don't think that he really was. He kind of was, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was, though, kind of a visionary similar to Thanos. Like, Thanos yeah. wanted to Thanos wanted to right the wrongs of humanity by essentially taking out half of humanity and rebuilding, and Ultron wanted to kind of do the same thing, only he wanted to, like, take out pretty much every single human. Um... But he was kind of had that same sort of like vision as um old as Thanos did. The execution was just poor. Um, I mean, his whole thing was lift a piece of land so high that it uh, replicates a meteor when it drops back yeah, down. Like the extinction event. Yeah, but he was very like, and then he was thought like my vision. <laughs> I <laughs> definitely. Was- that was a little creepy. Like that was when he's creepy. like, That's the thing. It was creepy. Even the way he like acted to the one doctor nurse and everything, it was creepy. Um, it was so creepy. And then when he was talking to like Wanda, where he was like, "You'll b- break them from the inside out," and I'm like, "Stop talking." Um, it was so creepy. <laughs> what got me too is I had to look it up because he sounded so similar to Tony in some aspects that I think to me it was also weird because it was like imagining a very bad Tony. Like a bad Tony, because he was made from Tony. And, you know, you do have him calling him father. I felt like he picked up a lot from Tony's mannerisms. And to see him kind of in that creepy way, like next to regular Tony, was kind of creepy. It was creepy, but it is weird because, you know, Tony didn't just create Ultron on his own. I mean, freaking... Bruce Banner was there too, and Bruce Banner gets none of the flack that Tony does. It's like, but Bruce Banner like helped him with that whole shit. But uh, um, I did like again. I liked Vision coming out because Vision was kind of like the neutral because Vision also didn't see like the world as good and bad, you know. But he had more of that like, you know, humans are should be given at least um a chance to try. So yeah, Ultron. Definitely number two here. We are down to the number one on our top ten worst villains of comic book, movie, and TV show. I'm going to go through our list so far before I name off mine. Um, So we have Kalish uh, from Doctor Strange, uh, Diamondback from Luke Cage, Venom from Spider-Man 3, not Venom 2018, Lex Luthor from Batman vs. Superman, 
Whiplash from Iron Man 2, the Elf Dude from Thor 2, the Mandarin from Iron Man 3, Jessica Jones' mom in the second season, Ultron from Age of Ultron. I'm going to do number one. And Brittany, I'm ready. I'm going to do a bit of a controversial pick. Oh, no. And I'm going to do a disclaimer beforehand. I like this. Uh, You ready? (laughs) I like this character. That's the thing is I like this character, but he wasn't a good villain because then he turned out to not be a villain at all. And it was a little disappointing when he turned out to not be the villain. What did you say? I know who you're going to say now. <laughs> it is going to be Talos from Captain Marvel. Yes! yes. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> so, you know, Captain Marvel, um, which I think was a better movie than people give it credit for. I mean, again, we always say it certainly wasn't the best movie, but I actually enjoyed it. I have watched it a few times within the past few months, and I sit there and I go, you know what, I liked it. Like, fuck it. It's the same thing how I felt with Venom. I was like, you know what, I don't care. I like this movie. Like, hashtag, you know, don't give a shit. But, um... Sorry. (laughs) Exactly. But when Captain Marvel was first, um, whatchamacallit, promoted it you know was promoted that the scrolls are the bad guys and even in the even in the comics you know scrolls are the bad guys they're bad and talos was certainly that i mean they come they're invading earth i mean he even had that fight with uh samuel jackson's character nick fury you know and it was bad it was like ooh, and you never know because they could transform into other people, so they were crafty that way. And Ben Mendelsohn, who plays Talos, can play a very good villain. He has the voice for it, you know? And you're sitting there, and you're like, as you're watching it, you're like, Talos is such a good villain. He's capturing uh, Carol Danvers. He's really just a very, like, imposing force to look out for. And then you find out that... He's not really the bad guy, not in this story. Um, the teddy bear, the Cree are those who are bad. You know, of course, Ronan comes back, and we all know Ronan's a villain, and Ronan's definitely a good villain. Although in the comics, this kind of turns into an anti-hero, which is interesting. But um, Talos, you know, he, as you said, he's a big teddy bear. He's a family man. He just wants to get his wife and child back, and he wants a good home for his people, and he's willing to work with Carol and point out all of the bad things that have happened to her that she's unaware of because the Cree have erased her memories. And I did like how it tricked you into thinking that the Cree were good when you're sitting there going, wait, Ronin is a Cree, but then kind of like, you know, shows you like, no, nah, the Cree are actually assholes this whole time. And I did like that. You know, that's, I have nothing like bad with how the Cree were portrayed, but, and certainly, you know, the way they pointed out was, you know, just like humans, not all humans are bad, not all humans are good. And the same thing goes with the scrolls. You know, not all scrolls are bad, but not all scrolls are good. There's still bad scrolls out there. But I wanted Talos to be a bad scroll. So I did. I did too. And, you know, 
even points out, like, it's like they almost knew that, like, hey, we started out bad. And you can tell he's the leader, right? He's the right. leader of this group. He probably was a military leader, wouldn't you say? But yeah. he goes, oh, we all got blood on our hands. Like, saying, like, hey, I've done things that I'm not proud of, too. I'm like, I don't want you to be remorseful. I want you to be, like, yeah. I want you to be, like, Ronan. I wanted you to be a villain. You had, like, it's the like hot acting and everything. It's like I did these things, and I'm not sorry for it because it was for the good of my people. I'd do it again. And it's like, yeah, as you said, it's like he had the voice for it, right? Like his voice, you're saying there, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like in that one scene when he's like throwing freaking, um, you know, Nick Fury around like he's a rag doll. You're like, yeah, he's so so strong and shit you know and he was pissed that one of his fellow scrolls had been killed so you're thinking like oh now the humans are an enemy of the scrolls but no they didn't go in that direction <laughs> okay unpopular opinion on this here's right. the, my theory make him a leader but you kill off the family and that makes him a villain because oh! are... <laughs> sorry go ahead no, I'm saying, like, yeah, just kill the family. Like, I know that sounds bad, but pull a cable. Pull a cable. He was halfway decent, and then he was willing to kill a kid because the kid grows up to kill his family. I yeah, mean, like, make, him, like, make him an anti-hero, if anything. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, you know, they work with the scrolls because the scrolls aren't as bad as the Kree, or at least they all have a common enemy with the Kree, but you still can't trust Talos because, you know, he'll still be there to kind of be crafty and shit. But we see that clearly didn't happen because and in the end credit for Spider-Man Far From Home, he's clearly been still working with Nick Fury. Well, you know what gets me, too? is So you have that, right? But what also gets me is he was such a... Okay, on the villain part, right? Mm-hmm. When... when he has Carol Danvers at first, right? Mm-hmm. He has uh, Captain Marvel. And he has her at the beginning, and he's doing, like, that whole, like, mind thing to, like, see into her head. I found that such a good villain thing, when he's almost, like, yeah. encouraged, like, oh, just a little more, just a little, you know, like, that. Very was, intrusive. Like, so, yeah, very intrusive, very, like, I'm into that, right? But yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like that's just some hidden kinks are coming out here. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, oh, I don't know. To me, to me, I want to pretend he's a villain. That's how I feel about it. Because, again, like, Ben Mendelsohn is a fantastic actor. He, when he was playing that role in a villain capacity, it was fantastic. Right? Like, I fucking loved it. Um, And then when they kind of went in the direction that they did, that that was when I was like, oh. But the thing was, it's like, you know, even in that movie, it's like there wasn't really, say, a villain. I mean, I know the Kree were villains, but it's like, okay, so you had Talos, right? Um, And he could have been a great villain, but he ended up not being a villain. And then you bring Ronan back in. You don't really give Ronan the freedom to be the villain that we all know he is. Like, we all know how Ronan can be. Um, And I had heard that there were plans to make Ronan be in the movie more. And then they decided to have it just at the end, which I was like, you motherfuckers. Um, And then I I got uh, got blue balled. 
And then essentially, I think, like, the real villain was supposed to be, I think, Jude Law's character, which I didn't care about at all. Like, he was so, like, at the end when he's like, now you can fight me, Carol, with all your strength, one-on-one. Don't use your powers so you can finally prove to me. And she's like, mother effort, I don't got to prove shit to you, you weak-ass boy. (laughs) I love that when she hits him because you can tell him, like, her because he knows like in hand-to-hand combat he can get her and he's like trying to go to her, like oh you don't need your fight and she's like bitch these powers are a part of me now i'm gonna like literally fuck you with them well that's what i liked about because he was trying to make her feel like belittled like oh you know you're not good enough unless you can beat me hand-to-hand you know blah blah, blah. and it's like as you said my powers are a part of me why wouldn't i use them and i don't need to prove to you that i can beat you in a hand-to-hand combat like what are you talking about i don't have to prove shit which i do though think at this point she could have beat him hand-to-hand i mean yeah. She did headbutt Thanos. Like, <laughs> I mean, she did headbutt Thanos, right? I, I agree. I agree. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah. So I know that Talos, like, and that's the thing is that I like the character. It's not one of those situations where I dislike Talos. I very much like Talos because I very much like Ben Mendelsohn. I love the part where he goes, oh, I can go back to being your director. I loved his blue eyes. <laughs> and it's like essentially talking but, about himself. Like, it's like such a thing. Like, you know what? I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that they appreciate what they're turning into, if that makes sense. Exactly. So it's like, I like Talos as a character. I just would have really liked him if he was a villain. Because that's the problem sometimes with Marvel movies. They don't have long-lasting villains. It's like, they've only played the long game with Loki and Thanos. And it's like, let's play the long game with others. Like, you're going to go into another phase. We need villains. And the scrolls are terrifying because they could literally be anyone um and that would have been awesome to see like it really would have but who knows maybe they do that they kill off his family and it's because of shields or fury or something and you know that suddenly it's like oh you guys were our friends all this time and we helped you out well now we're gonna fuck you motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) you know what i thought of uh you either either die a villain or (laughs) to come to hero. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god but yeah Brittany we did an amazing job with our list I think today I'm really <laughs> crossing my fingers that this thing freaking like records um, and it's all good <laughs> because this is a really awesome list sorry go ahead no, I was just saying good luck everybody else good luck everybody else but um Brittany, um, before I let you go, let us know where we can find you, what we can look forward to, and all that good stuff. You know the deal. I, I know, I know the shit, the shit, shinder, but I, I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitch at Itty Bitty Brit. Uh, I've been streaming a lot of vampires, uh, blood wait bloodline the masquerade it's such a long name that i get messed up every time we're basically playing a vampire that was embraced by her sire but apparently her sire uh broke the rules by doing so he is murdered 
we are thrusted upon this like mafia underground vampire kind of clan where there's a lot of uh what's the word for it a lot of infighting uh there's the masquerade which means that you're not supposed to let humans know what you're doing and basically keeping up appearances for the the day walking people but it's been fun uh i'm running a poll right now to see what we're going to play along with it it's between uh ori and the blind forest or dream daddy which i kind of <laughs> want to play daddy. i don't know if you've heard about it tia have you heard about dream daddy no you know me i don't hear about any of these games nowadays it was a popular game, like it was huge, but I never played it, and I haven't seen much of it be played. Basically, you play a single father with a daughter, and you are trying to uh, find yourself a dream daddy, a bunch of uh, single fathers who uh, are big and muscular, and you are trying to woo them. It is a dating simulator <laughs> game. <laughs> I really want to play I was going to say... Brittany, I feel like a lot of your games lately are getting uh, oddly sexual. No! No, no. Uh, maybe, yes. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, no. She can't even lie. You hear that guy? She can't even lie. <laughs> I know. Uh, but you uh, you can find me there. Uh, we're just having a lot of fun. Uh, my second monitor is coming in. It's going to make chat a little bit easier to see. And uh, my last part to my web, I mean, well, my not webcam, my actual camera is coming in. So we're going to have some upgrades to that. And you can follow me on Twitter at Zero, And that's a great way to keep in touch with me, see what we're playing next, if there's a schedule change, but or anything Twitch-related, geek, nerdy, anything else, you can find it there. And when I start eventually trying to cosplay again, you'll find those there, too. <laughs> if there's anything to cosplay, too. No, I'm joking. But, um... <laughs> But, yeah, guys, everyone, please make sure that you check all of that out. Hopefully you all enjoyed our new um, our, our new recording, you know, device. I can't even talk right now. But it, that you appreciate all of this good stuff because we definitely tried hard to find a different platform that will have better sound quality. So hopefully this worked out all right but make sure you check all that out that Brittany was just saying and of course you can check out all of my stuff as well i just released a new tea time with tia where i talked about most dangerous game because it was absolutely phenomenal um and i also have a written review for both apple tv's defending jacob which is really turning out well and a written uh, review for the first episode of Penny Dreadful City of Angels. So make sure you check that out all at geekvibesnation.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all under Geek Vibes Nation. And I am also on Twitter and Instagram at TFAB. So make sure you check that out. Um, Brittany, stay on the line for just two seconds after I stop recording just so that we can chit-chat for just a second. Um, but everyone, thank you so much for staying with us, and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. See ya! Have a great day, everyone.